Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Rachel Siegel, she's been on the program before. She's with the Washington Post, and, is, and she's been on uh, a few times, in fact. And as part of our ongoing series we've been doing for several months uh, with the Washington Post, I think almost a year now, when it, when it comes to some of their finest stories with some of their finest reporters. And uh, what I love about Rachel's work is that, is that she has a great focus on the economy, particularly in the Federal Reserve, but she takes an approach that's really relevant to all realer, readers. She's very accessible in what she talks about, and everyone knows my, my love for uh, true newspapers of records, which are so few and far between, in, sp- in spite of all the publications out there, and the uh, Washington Post being one of the uh, really one of the most prominent ones. And so, Rachel, always glad to have you on uh, this topic here today uh, about the recession and attitudes about the recession. And uh, to me, it's really interesting because almost everyone does expect a recession, just like the title of your recent article at the Post, which we'll have a link for at priceofbusiness.com. But could the economy avoid one? That's what everyone's wondering, you know, and, and I, I think – I think uh, for some reason, because of the fact that we've been able to make the economy uh, uh, our low unemployment and perpetually low unemployment kind of distorts people thinking about whether or not we're in one, in spite of the incredible inflation, in spite of the fact that it's so hard for business owners to get loans, um, and some of them don't even want to get loans with the current rates. Um, but it's, it's a really weird situation. I, I know that's not very scientific of me, but <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's an incredibly weird situation that follows almost three years of incredibly weird situations. And, you know, there, there are so many reasons and, and a lot of very good reasons that there is such a widely held expectation that there will be a recession sometime next year, that that is the natural result of the central bank hiking interest rates in order to get control of inflation. But in a time that has really just chucked all forecasts and models and any sort of precedent, the kinds of things that you would expect to see start to unfold have not happened yet. There are key pillars of the economy that have stayed remarkably resilient to higher rates, to the expectation of even higher rates. A couple of examples are the labor market, which has continued to grow. Businesses are still really eager, sometimes desperate to hire. Consumer spending is a huge engine of the economy, and people are still spending. They're still booking vacations that got rescheduled over the past couple of years. They're buying holiday gifts. And these are the kinds of things that have to not only slow down, but really fundamentally shift in the other direction in order for the country to go into a recession. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that unemployment is unbelievable. Uh, we keep on hearing uh, net uh, added jobs. Um, well, we also seem to have a, a, an attitude on Wall Street, particularly in this past week, between the Federal Reserve saying that, uh, yeah, we're, we're very cognizant of what, what the market feels about the interest rates. We're very careful. We're going to be even more careful, uh, which was, I think, telling language rather than just careful, but even more careful as we look at raising the rates even more. You know, they, they hang, as you know, they hang, they hang on every syllable. Forget about every word when, they, when, the, uh, when Jerome Powell speaks. 
Um, you know, and then you've got massive layoffs. I, I even see it in, this, in the media space. I noticed this week CNN uh, has laid off. Um, uh, we don't know the exact number yet, but it looks like it's going to be huge. And so all of that makes Wall Street delighted. Wall Street loves layoffs <laughs> when the economy is in a bad spot because that means businesses are taking, taking them serious and they'll be profitable. And so you get the sense that in spite of so many things historically that point to recession, there's not a whole lot of belief it's going to happen. And there, it's just hard to know, you know, when, if there was going to be this shift, when it would unfold. So the Federal Reserve has, you know, acknowledged, and this is something that economists that I talked to have been talking about for quite a while now, that rate hikes operate with lags, that the full weight of the moves that the Fed has made so far not only, and you know the decisions that they will continue to make, that the full weight of those moves won't fully hit until next year. And at the last press conference that he held at the beginning of November, Jerome Powell said that those lags are, you know, they're somewhat harder to parse in the current environment that we're in. But as you mentioned, even if you account for lags, even if you account for the expectation that rates will be held high and be high, held high for a long time, you know, it's just hard to know when these things that are conventional markers of a recession will start to unfold. Obviously, we're we're looking very, very carefully to try and pick up on any shifts in any direction, but it's sort of a waiting game that keeps getting pushed back month after month. Yeah, yeah. The the classic definition of uh, or the predominant definition of two quarters of uh, declining GDP that that's not the only rule now. Uh, everything is kind of looked at differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. I've, I've had people say to me, you know, to be careful about referring to things that typically, quote unquote, reflect a recession. So unemployment, for example, typically a rise in the unemployment rate of half a percentage point mirrors a recession. That's the kind of thing you would look for in a recession. But, you know, right now we have an extremely low unemployment rate that is very different than the 3.7 figure from before the pandemic. We're officially waiting for a call on the recession by the NBER, which officially makes these calls. But even then, it's, 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 it's not apples to apples here. We're not talking about calling a recession that would have looked like a recession before the pandemic. And it really remains to be seen what that means or what that ends up looking like. Yeah, and you know, and I kind of understand because uh, let's face it, when it comes to actual uh, policy on a macro level, that's done by elected people, <laughs> and elected people don't like words like recession. So you you, you get you you can understand how how this happens, and so uh, and again, it, it's really complicated. I've never seen a recession with such low unemployment. I've never seen that, um, yeah. and so people look at that as like defies. It defies all reason, you know, uh, but the economy is really different than what it used to be. And a lot of it is driven by demographics. Um, I recently uh, interviewed an economist with Indeed, you know, the job site, and, uh, you know, he pointed out the fact demographically you've got so many people who simply are at a point where it's time for them to stop working, you know, uh, where they're, they're just done. And it's been really hard to work in the economy uh, with everything from COVID and all the other changes that are going on. You know, that, that has helped a lot. And, of course, there's just been a substantial shift to automation and technology to get things done. And that's only going to continue to persist in tight labor markets. So it's really difficult to use old models to describe current economic circumstances. Yeah, that's right. And, and the other point that I want to make is, you know, even, even if 
there is this sort of possibility that there is not not a very painful recession, like the kind of recession that maybe we have associations with, or even if the job market is still growing, businesses still want to hire. There obviously still are serious problems in the economy, and there's a lot of pain that comes from very high inflation. And the whole reason that we're even having this conversation is because the Fed is resolved to get the pain that is caused by inflation under control to minimize that pain so that it doesn't become more embedded, more lasting. The unfortunate problem is that in order to get control of one problem, you might have to cause another. High interest rates aren't exactly painless either. But the hope is that on the other side of this, there will be a more stable economy that works better for everyone. And we're just still in the process of figuring out what that journey to the destination looks like. I know part of what you do is to literally translate uh, what the Fed, uh, the, what, what the Federal Reserve Chairman said. <laughs> I, I read, I read your articles. I love your articles. Uh, like I said, very accessible, which to me is the real benchmark of, uh, of genius. Is that you take some complex things and make it accessible to people. You do a really good job of that. Talk about, you know, what you think is is the Fed's thought, and obviously it's all predicated on um, a lot of these economic numbers, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, um, but what is your thought about the future of interest rates in the short term? Yeah, so the Federal Reserve Chair spoke yesterday, which was Wednesday, basically as a way to signal that the central bank was ready to start slowing down the pace of its interest rate hikes. So up until now, we've had six rate hikes this year, the last four of which have been whopping at three quarters of a percentage point. And the growing expectation, which Powell seemed to cement yesterday, was that at the final meeting of the year in two weeks, the Fed will raise by half a percentage point. We'll be scaling down somewhat, and there will be more hikes at the beginning of 2023 before the Fed decides to pause. Now, to translate that, that means there's a couple of things. It does not mean that smaller rate hikes reflect a mission accomplished or that the Fed is seeing enough progress on inflation to feel like it can take its foot off the gas. The reason it's able to slow down is because they got rates up high and they got them up there fast. And now they're shifting over to a phase where they need to see that take effect. They're going to hold rates at a very high level and then let that work its course through the economy too. So Powell is essentially is saying, don't look so much at the exact size of the interest rate. Look at how high we ultimately get rates, look at that level, and then look at how high and how long we decide to hold them there. That will end up being the way in which the Fed is trying to get control of inflation as it continues this fight. Yeah, yeah. And so one of their objectives, obviously, is a stable dollar. That's the biggest objective, obviously, of the Fed. Um, but, but they also want to do no harm. They did a lot. They did a lot quickly, and they want to make sure they're not doing harm before they do aggressive, any more aggressive action. That's kind of what I'm hearing you say here. Yeah, you know, at the same time, Powell has acknowledged that there is going to be harm involved in this. He said that he wishes there could be a painless way to get control of inflation, but that's not how the tools that the Fed has works. It's not. It's just not how their policies are able to work. But he remains optimistic that there is a way to avoid a recession or avoid a very steep spike in unemployment. Again, the problem is that, you know, rate hikes move slowly through the economy. You have to make decisions based off of the information that you have in real time, and then you might not see the pain until much later. It's, these are sort of consequences of the decisions that Fed has to make now. 
And obviously they have been wrong before. They were late to fighting the inflation game in the first place because they thought that inflation would be this transitory, temporary feature of the economy. And it was only much later that they realized that they had fallen behind the ball. Now is their time to not only be catching up, but regain control of inflation. And that's what they're sticking it out to do. Yeah, uh, always enjoy talking to you, Rachel. Why don't you give us uh, any final thoughts as we wrap it up? Well, I mean, I would just say that that I remain just as confused as everyone, and, and I appreciate the chance to talk about this and try to explain it, but it is just remarkable to me how confounding this remains to people who I call and I talk to, and I was even struck by Chair Powell's own pretty candid comments in the last press conference where he said that many things were very uncertain, hard to say. I looked at the transcript and he used the phrase don't know four different times. It's it's not because, you know, he and his colleagues have a lack of expertise. It's just that the current situation we're in is so confounding and has remained so. Um, and I imagine that that'll be the way things are for quite some time. Yeah, it, it really is interesting. It's, it, it's really more wizardry you know, or even witchcraft than it is science. A lot of this is, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, let's keep trying different things. Let's try different levels. Let's try, uh, you know, and, and inaction is the worst. In fact, they waited too long. I think that Jerome Powell has admitted that uh, as well, that they, they used this uh, transitional inflation. You remember that expression? We heard that for what, a year and a half. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we probably need to move away from that expression and recognize that that is real. Uh, but really, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of experimentation. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. All right, Rachel, always love having you on. Make sure you check out her work at WashingtonPost.com. Check out all the reporters. I, I always get so much out of these interviews. I'm Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> 